Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for his glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, and welcome to another episode of EST. My name is Josh King, and this is the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. I am recording from Central Arkansas. My co-host, Micah and Sam, are not on the show today um, doing different things, but one of the topics and shows that I've wanted to do for a little while now and just now had the opportunity is to discuss women's ministry in the established church. It seems to be something that Almost everybody has in some regard or another way. Uh, every established church that I know of has some sort of aspect or offerings for women's ministry, but um, it's wildly different. It's it's uh, it's sort of different approaches and, and different kind of ways to go at it. So no better uh, co-host today than my wife, Jackie King. She's on the line right now. What's up, Jackie? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, what's funny is uh, for our listeners, the way that we record these shows is remotely. So like Mike and Sam are never in the same room with me, even though it sounds that way. And so my wife, Jackie, is at our house. I'm in my office so that we could record this remotely. So it seems kind of weird to talk to your spouse um, through the interweb, but that's what we're doing. So Jackie, you've done women's ministry for how long now? Goodness. I don't know. I think a little over 16, 17 years. I started when I was 18. Mm -hmm. And you did that in like the church that y'all were kind of attending at the time, right? Yeah. The church that I grew up in, um, I went off to college and honestly tried to find a church home kind of in my college hometown. It was about 25 minutes from where I lived and um, didn't really feel like I landed anywhere. And so I ended up going back to my home church and started a girl's ministry, a girl's Bible study there. And that's kind of where it all started was at my home church and in my parents' living room. Yeah. And so... One of the things we don't have to we don't have to give uh, the qualifications of any of our guests, uh, but one of the situations that's unique, I think, to women's ministry, particularly when we're speaking to established church leaders, is that oftentimes it's the wife of the pastor of the church that does the quote unquote ministry to women, and so that happens to be your relationship to our church. You're the pastor's wife, but at the same time. You're a minister in and of your own right, right? Like, Yeah. Um, before you even came on the planet and into my story, um, I, like I said, had felt at 18 like God was calling me to ministry, but I didn't know what that looked like, especially um, growing up in the Southern Baptist Convention and not necessarily really knowing what a woman in ministry looked like outside of missions and children's, which is not where I really felt led. Um, and so I really kind of wrestled with that. And then in my wrestle, I ended up going to Criswell College and just kind of decided if I wanted to do ministry, I needed to learn as much about the Bible. And that honestly was my 
my first thought. And um, it wasn't until getting into Criswell and really starting to get into the scriptures and studying theology and those kind of things that my mind and heart were really opened up to what it looked like to do ministry as a woman. Right. So you were headed down that path long before you. Yes. Married, it was actually married. my goal not to marry a pastor, if that yeah. says anything. <laughs> so you just lucked out. I did. <laughs> and um, of course, you went to Criswell. For our longtime listeners, they know that I think Criswell College is the best Bible college in it the is. nation. It is. And um, I think you agree with me as well. So very good. And you've done this at all of the churches that we've been a part of. When I was doing student ministry, you were you did you know ministry to the, the teen girls. And then as um, I've done lead pastoring, you've had opportunities to do this in the lead minister role. But um, one of the things that I'm curious about is just sort of the trends that you see in women's ministry, what those are normally. And, um, you know, just one of the things we like to do on the show is come up with strategies because a lot of our churches, they are where they are. And they can't just, you know, click their heels together and get a women's minister who has the the capacity and the time to do something with a degree from Criswell College, you know, so where they're at, let's just kind of take a, a quick overview of where most churches are right now when it comes to women's ministry. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, I think even as a woman and kind of looking at opportunities within the Southern Baptist Convention, um, even being on staff and doing women's ministry is not um, a normal thing. I think mm-hmm. majority of the women that are serving in women's ministry are lay ministers. And so they're coming from either being staying at home moms or they are coming from full-time jobs. And then this is just a passion or um, a gifting that God has given them that they want to work out within their local church. And so it is very different because you've got um, really a, a, a segment of women that want to serve the church, that want to work hard in the church, but then at the same time, they're not necessarily equipped. And so I think one of the big things that I'm seeing just shift from women's ministry and what that looks like is just more and more women really trying to wrestle through what does it look like for me to lead within my church and what training, what resources are at my fingertips to where I can become a better leader minister in my local congregation. Right. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, there's no way that we're saying that um, for most of our listeners, some of them are actively engaged in ministry to women. Some of them are, um, you know, they're male leaders in their church. And so they're they're engaged in different roles. It's not bad that most of the churches are served by people who are sort of coming at this particular ministry in a, in a uh, bivocational role, like they're doing something else and then that next to it. Yeah, I think um, especially for pastors that are listening, I think the biggest thing is just to see and identify who are those women in your church. Um, I think they're there. I think God has gifted women in all different kinds of capacities. And so more than likely, you know who that woman is. Um, she's very connected to other women in the church. She has a heartbeat and serves um, faithfully in the church. And so I think one of the first steps would more than likely just be who is the woman that's really stepped up to serve and how is she serving? How is she leading? And then I think the next step after that would be, what do I do to help equip her to lead the women in our church? Yeah. So I've got this theory on this and I was going to throw it at you, see what you think about, uh, you know, the differences in some churches, a lot more churches, it seems have some sort of women's ministry group 
Roland, they got some Bible study or they may meet together. Most often it's for, you know, like a Beth Moore study. They've got DVDs and then books that they work through, those sort of things. A lot more of those have that than they than there are like men's groups. Uh, there's not a men's Bible study necessarily or a men's group gathering and watching this DVD and then working these things out. I think I have a theory on why that is and something – and it's one of the reasons why I think that for the churches who do not have a women's ministry – they need to think through that. Here's my theory. The church is dominated by males. And so most often, uh, most of our listeners, there is a, uh, you know, the preacher is a male. And so every week they're hearing stories from a male point of view. Even if they're trying to be very neutral about it, it's going to be a male point of view. We've got ministries and churches that are dominated by men like the deacons ministry, those sort of things. There's projects around the church always with work day and those sort of things. And so in a lot of ways, even though you don't necessarily call it the men's ministry, a lot of it's just geared that direction. And so what a women's ministry does or a ministry to women does is it supplements that in a way that connects and relates to women more effectively than any male pastor can do. Is that, do you think that's accurate or is that how you see it or how's it different? Yes, I I would agree with the most of that. <laughs> um, I think that, at least in my experience with churches and other conversations that I've had, I don't know that there has been a real carving out or even an open-mindedness to where can women serve outside of children's ministry. I think that um, even the conversation of where can women serve has always been approached with where can they not serve instead of um, what what opportunities do we have for women to really engage and be on mission? And so, yes, I would absolutely agree. I think that uh, what most will walk into, what most will see within a church service or within church ministries, they're very male dominated. Um, but then I think on the flip side of that, I also think that women's ministry just has a special um, tone. It has a special element to where women love connecting with other women and we're very relational. Uh, we like to hear one another's stories and latch on to those stories. And so I think ministry done well to women not only opens up opportunities for them to be able to serve in different areas within the church, but also it creates a space within the local congregation to be able to connect women and stories to one another. So most of our listeners are going to be in leadership at a church of less than 200 in attendance. And so uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the strategies, effective ways that women's ministry can happen in those settings. And you've, I've, you and I have been in those settings before. And, um, and and just what kind of strengths they can have. What are some of the, I don't know, the pointers or the one, two, threes that you think that any church of any size could really implement in an effective women's ministry? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think um, those of you that are listening that are leading within your local context, you know your community, you know the needs of your community. Um, and I would really start with just kind of asking some of your women and some of your ladies that serve faithfully, what are some of the needs of the women in your congregation and in your community? So um, where we've ministered, they've been very young communities. And so moms being able to connect to one another, to support one another. Um, another op option that uh, 
women can do is offering Bible studies. Again, it's not just a come and learn a lot about Jesus, but I think creating that community to where they're able to come and meet with other women and hear other stories and those kind of things. And so not only do you want to offer the Beth Moore Bible study or, um, the Priscilla Schreier Bible study, but you want to, with that, couple in an element to where they're able to connect with one another. I think women are very lonely. I think they're very busy. Um, I think they carry a lot of different um, just guilts and frustrations and trying to live up to a lot of standards, not only placed on them by culture, but just themselves. And so really trying to think through in your own local community, what are ways that you can bring women in? What are ways that you can invite women in? And then at the same time, uh, what are ways that you can go out? Um, whether that be a group of women and their kids going to the park and meeting other moms there, or a group of women that are going to the coffee shop. Um, just a lot of those uh, purposed, purposed ideas or purposed events to where they're able to take everyday life, um, whether that be with their kids or coming home from work and using that as a tool to be able to bring others alongside them. One of the things that you've always done is collaboration with other women's ministries, whether it's an event or going to things. How have you seen collaboration help sort of supplement what might be considered a smaller church's ministry to women? Yeah. So in Texas at our church there, um, I started a women's conference. It was a one day conference. And from the very beginning of planning, I really wanted it to be something that other churches could come to, especially because like most, um, churches, they don't have somebody that specifically has the time or the resources to pour into creating an entire women's ministry. And so what we did was we, scheduled everything out. We laid out uh, registration, the process and everything for the point person that is within a local church. And then they were able to bring their women to our event. And I just saw so much fruit come from this. I think there was a beautiful picture of just the local churches coming together, that there wasn't a competitiveness or a... um you know, just some of the tensions that I think that can happen with the church down the road. And instead it was, Hey, we're all going to come together. We're all going to learn scripture. We're all going to talk about what it looks like for Jesus to change our attitudes, our actions, our insights. And then we're going to move forward to be on mission in our community together. And so it really was a cool picture of just, um, being able to see the whole local church and not just one specific local church uh, trying to reach people. And honestly, it made it so much easier to where everybody from all the different churches was able to say, hey, there's a local women's conference. Do you want to come with me? And it just kind of broke down a lot of the barriers that I think think sometimes maybe happen um, with just individual events. Right. So if you are in the sort of setting in which uh, your church can plan a retreat or a conference or a dinner or something along those lines and it's going to be geared towards women or really this doesn't really matter specifically which ministry you're using, then um, we've both seen a lot of fruit from encouraging and inviting the other area churches to be a part of it, to maybe do the branding in such a way that everybody can you know, market this without it being so specific to one particular church. Also leveraging your resources, we had the ability to do online registration, whereas some of the other churches did not have that. So using those things, but then also I guess the reverse would be true as well. If you are in a smaller context or maybe you don't have the capability of doing that, 
particularly in your setting, then feel free to tag along with other people who are doing that and sort of foster that yourself. What were some of the ways in which, in particular, when those churches came and were a part of the conference, um, that they kept some of their own identity or some of the ways that you allowed or the, the, the event allowed for them to, to, to minister together and then in the bigger whole? Yeah. Um, I think that started all the way back to registration. So we had specific um, PDFs and things that they were able to do to where they were able to kind of make it a little bit more unique to their church. And so they could put in their logo or their church's information, that kind of thing. Um And then once they were at the conference, we did group check-in. So they were all able to check in together. And then what was kind of unique about our conference that we hosted was that we not only had main teaching or main sessions with teaching and music, but then after that, we broke up into small groups. And so all of those small groups were consistent of each of the churches that came. And so it was a really great thing because they were able to not only kind of worship corporately with other local churches and women in the community, but then they also were able to have this one-on-one time as a church family or as a church group to where you're not necessarily going to have that especially in the Dallas area to where you have a lot of conferences, but you're sitting, you know, lecture style and stuff like that. And so it really added that element of community, small group discussion, life on life, those kind of things. And they were able to do that within their own unique, um, unique church group. Yes. I'm curious about some of the things that you've seen uh, churches do wrong in the area of ministry to women. But before I get your feedback on that, I'll give you a little bit of time to think over that talk. I want to tell our listeners about Ministry Grid. You know that training our volunteers and leaders is important, but do you ever feel like you don't know where to start? That's why or where LifeWay Leadership developed Ministry Grid. With Ministry Grid Library of over 3,000 training videos, the work has been done for you and you'll be able to train everyone in your church. And this is training that you can trust. Each Ministry Grid video features an experienced ministry leader who has been where you are now. You can also customize any training by adding videos, PDFs, YouTube videos, and more. And now Ministry Grid has one plan with one prize that gives you unlimited access to train your entire church. Just go to ministrygrid.com to learn more. Once again, that is ministrygrid.com. Fantastic resource. We use it here at the second fam, I know that Micah and Sam both have enjoyed that and used that in different aspects. The price is very affordable for most churches, and I would encourage you to kind of check it out and see if that's something that can help you train. You can track who's been trained, where they're trained. They can do it at the convenience of their homes or on mobile devices. So really, really something that is cool. And, um, and you know, something that I haven't shared yet with our listeners is that um, they've got it specifically in there. So like maybe your church is using the gospel project uh, curriculum for your small groups. There is specific training in there for that. So just really fantastic. Our church uses Explore the Bible and there are specific videos for each age group in that area. So Jackie, we have been talking about women's ministry in the established church. It's something I think a lot of churches deal with. Some some churches want to um, kind of focus on it. Some it's on the back burner, but I don't think they really realize the huge benefit that comes from pouring into specifically the women in the community, knowing that the majority of our churches are dominated by uh, the female demographic. And so what are some of the things that you've seen churches do poorly or wrong when it comes to ministry to women? Those can be like event specific or they can be funny or just (laughs) theological. What do you think? Well, I think you hit on probably the biggest uh, 
problem would be not identifying it or not even addressing it. Um, I think just like you said that most churches um, are made up of at minimum half of women. And so to just act like you don't need to do anything for them. You don't need to know and identify what their needs are and those kind of things. I also understand that the pastor has a ton on his plate. And so there's a lot of different groups that he's trying to, um, you know, meet needs for and minister to. And so I think probably the first identifying problem would just be you haven't identified a woman that's really going to own this and take this within her church and really try to tackle it and and minister to women and own it. And whether that be a single lady or her bringing together a team. Um, another thing that I think I've noticed that uh, is, I wouldn't say detrimental to the church, but it's very dividing is to just treat women's ministry like it's its own thing. And so I've seen a lot of women's groups and leaders that just operate and this is the women's ministry and we're going to do what we want to do. And it's almost its own entity. And I don't know that that's biblical. I think, um, we have to learn to work together as a whole. I think women's ministry needs to come under the overall vision and goals of the church leadership and the pastor and discipleship minister and those kind of things. And so I think probably the biggest um, divide is just not viewing it as a part of the church as a whole. And instead, it's just a Bible study on Wednesday night, or it's um, something for the women to do while the other groups um, have their thing. And so I think just... Ideal, blah, blah, blah. I think just thinking of it as a whole and how it fits into the church instead of um, thinking of it more of like a separate entity of the church, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So you are working on some other projects as well, not just uh, women's ministry here at Second Baptist Church of Conway, but you're working on something that's specific to, I think the majority of our listeners are part of the Southern Baptist family. We've got quite a few who are not. We like to always call out our Canadian friends and the upper Midwest friends who are not Southern Baptists. We love that they're listening. But specifically, you're working on something for Southern Baptist women in leadership. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so this was really birthed, I think, out of a conversation that I had with several different women in the Southern Baptist Convention, all serving in different realms within the SBC. And one of the things that I kept feeling and kept hearing over and over again is I feel so alone and I don't know how to be involved. I don't feel like the Southern Baptist Convention um, really has a space for me. And so that really kind of birthed this conversation of what would it look like for women across our tribe to come together and network together, to learn from one another, to share experiences with one another. And so just on March 25th, we launched uh, what is called the Southern Baptist Convention Women's Leadership Network online. It is sbcwomen.net. And I have just been so encouraged to hear the stories, to see the excitement of women all across the planet, um, even some of our women that are serving overseas and how they're all collaborating together to not only encourage one another, but also just to remind one another we're not alone. Yeah, and this is going to feature not only a blog, this features uh, podcasting as well. You are launching a podcast um, off of the SBC Women's Leadership Network, and they can find that on iTunes, Google Play, those sort of things. I'm looking right now, I pulled up uh, the Twitter account, which just recently launched. It's already 884 followers, and so obviously we're hitting a need and something's there. Another thing is that um, on the podcast, I know that you are interviewing not just 
It's not just like a podcast, a weekly interview with women's ministry leaders, right? Right. Yeah. It's anybody, any woman serving in the SBC. Not like they're Southern Baptist, but they may be serving in a, a number of different roles. It may be in secular, nonprofit, or in the local church. And yes. so these topics are things that are, it is, it is specifically Southern Baptist women, but all of these topics and these points of views and these encouragements and the blog posts and things can minister to a broad range of people. So regardless of your extended family and how you kind of fit into things there, then I would encourage you to check out SBC Women Leadership Network and uh, give us that URLs and stuff again. It's www.sbcwomen.net. So in all of your women's ministry, what is one of the most enjoyable times that you've had event-wise or, you know, Bible study type of thing? What was what's the most enjoyable one that you've had as doing women's ministry? Um, my answer to that probably wouldn't be um, super expected, but I very early on in my journey decided to team up with a ministry called Surrendering the Secret. It's a Bible study for post-abortive women. And um, honestly, that has probably been one of the hardest and most rewarding aspects of doing ministry to women and um, just walking through their stories, walking through um, a lot of the guilt and the shame that they have experienced because of a decision that they made and um, just really getting to see freedom and even more than that, I think just a change to life and how they in turn become almost a spokesperson against abortion and how that being part of their story gives them so much more of a platform, I think, to speak to a lot of the lies and um, cultural things that are kind of being said. And so um, that is probably <laughs> the most meaningful, although I know mm -hmm. that's a very heavy answer. <laughs> what, did, uh, what did that look like, specifically that kind of ministry? Yeah, so you can find more information at surrenderingthesecret.com, but um, the entire Bible study is very private. We didn't publicize anything. Um, it's all specifically through um, me and then uh, like un unpublicized location, a time. Also, that confidentiality is at the most um, highest point, essentially. And so they come every week. It's an eight-week study, and we take scripture, and we just walk through what the gospel means and what forgiveness means, what truth means. Um, a lot of it is just so heart-wrenching to hear some of their stories and even how long that they've held this secret in. And for a couple of my ladies, it was over two decades that they had not told a soul and that just Satan had had a heyday with guilt and shame and unworthiness. And they sat in our pews week after week and didn't believe that the gospel was for them. And so, um, it was a very intimate and confidential study, but it was very much just the church and being able to present grace and truth to them and then seeing the Lord just really free them up from a lot of things that they had harbored in. Yeah, some of the cool things that were happening or at least interesting while Jackie was you know, doing Surrendering the Secret, the Bible study was I as the pastor and none of the other elders knew where the study was. Um, it was that confidential. They had scheduled this and arranged it all without us knowing. I think I helped get a couple options, but then when it all kind of settled out, it wasn't at the church and it wasn't at, um, you know, our home. So it was out, out, out in the community in different areas. And so that was, that was something interesting. Of course, to this day, I do not know who was in that study. It was helpful though. 
um, to know, because I would know approximate numbers, you know, 20 women were on you know this set and 11 were on this set, that sort of thing, to know that that's, that's just a small portion of the number of women that are sitting in our congregation that have had an abortion. And so even me not knowing, but knowing something was another way in which our church was more fully equipped to minister to the woman um, who was sitting there and yeah. uh, the needs that she had. I will also Another. say, I think that it really spoke a lot to our women that we had a pastor that was willing to um, offer that. And so I think, again, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about previously, that as men who are leading your congregation and half of those half of your congregation is women, just how are you tackling, how are you providing some of those deep needs that and spaces for women to be able to work through some of these issues that even mm. you as a pastor obviously couldn't walk through that with them. Mm. Um, but I think just that conversation and having that at the church spoke so much to not only the women in our church, but the women in our community to show that you were for women and their healing. Right. And we would let people know, you know, it was an announcement. It was in things like this is going to be happening. Here's the email to get more information about it. Also, um, one of the things I thought was just so interesting about this was this kind of thing, but then also other sort of private. We would put uh, uh, information, contact information in the bathroom stalls in a way that they could privately grab that without going up to a booth, you know, and pulling that pamphlet. Um, so um, very private ways to kind of minister to people in their and their hurts and their pains. Very cool stuff. Jackie, how can um, other folks who want to get, I'm sure there's a number of our listeners that are just going to want to connect with you on, on more specifics about women's ministry. Some of them are going to be passing on this information to that lady that's in their church. How can they and what should they pass along to them? Oh, yes. I would absolutely love to connect with any pastors or women that are in the trenches with me. And so you can find me on Twitter at Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-C King, K-I-N-G. And I'd love to connect with you. All right. Thanks so much. And thanks for being on the show. We're so glad that you are listening. Make sure that you rate, review us on iTunes, help grow the show, share it out on Twitter and respond. We'd love to hear your feedback and your great um, resources when it comes to ministering to women in the established church. But until then, we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.